Would you welcome our friend, Inez? Hi. Could you guys pray with me? Father God, Lord, I thank you so much that you always show up, Lord. You know, I could not do this without your strength, Father God. And Lord, I just ask that you would help me to bring, your, bring you glory with what you've done in my life, Lord. And Lord, I lift up the first timer to you, Lord, that you would just help them to feel welcome and loved and accepted here and that this is a safe place, Lord, and that you would be with um, anyone that needs to hear this message about, um, about redemption, Lord, because that's what you're in the business to do is saving lives. I just thank you so much, Lord. Calm my heart and help me to um, bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. My name is Inez, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with codependency and other issues. Hi. I am the youngest child of six and was raised in Modesto. My mom was divorced with five children when she met and married my dad. I was born in 1966. The big secret in my family was my dad was an alcoholic. My mom and dad loved each other, but could not get along to live together. I was around four years old the first time I remember them separating. I didn't understand what was happening. I just remember my mom and sister were upset. I would spend weekends with my dad. My dad was a lovable and hardworking man, and I was a daddy's girl. I only remember my dad spanking me one time, and I deserved it. Even though my dad was the alcoholic in the family, my dad was the one I could talk to. He had a way about him. He could talk to you, and whatever you did, you regretted it, and you never wanted to do it again because it broke his heart. My dad was a quiet, reserved man when he wasn't drinking. When he was drinking, there were many times I had to put him to bed, and sometimes he would wake up and get angry. I had a lot of access to, um, I had access to a lot of alcohol with no adult around to supervise, and I did take advantage of the situation during my preteens and drink on many occasions. Of course, he never would remember this the next day. I would beg him to quit drinking, but he would only say he didn't have a problem and not to worry. My mom was also hardworking and the disciplinary in my family. She believed in spare the rod, spoil the child. If she was in a good mood, life was great. If she was in a bad mood, look out. There wasn't consistency with her discipline. It was determined by her mood. I look back and realize my mother was definitely codependent. Even though my mom was hardworking, our house and yard was always a mess. They seemed unimportant to her, and she lacked organization, which added to my anxiety as a child. My mom also had a very loving side. She was very outgoing, never met a stranger. My mom would often take people to doctor's appointments and she would often visit sick friends. She baked for the fire department and was always serving others. I knew I was loved by both of my parents in spite of their flaws. 
My mom and dad had a strange relationship, and even though they were separated, my mom would clean my dad's apartment, and he would give her money to get her hair done or whatever she needed. My dad would spend the night on holidays and come over often, or we would go to his apartment. We never talked about my dad's drinking problem, but we knew if alcohol wasn't allowed, my dad didn't go. As a small child, my mom would read Bible stories to me, and I knew God, and I talked to him often, but I always felt lacking. I would ask him why he made me and what my purpose was. I always felt that I was inadequate. When I measured myself against others, I always came up short. I was anxious and very insecure, and I desperately wanted to be accepted by others, which got worse through my teenage years. I was the kid that sat in the back of the class and dreaded to go up to the teacher's desk for anything. I was around 13 years old when my girlfriend got into her dad's medical marijuana and I got high for the first time. I remember being so scared my mom would find out. I practically took a bath in perfume and mouthwash, but she never found out. My freshman year, my mom allowed me to date after much pleading that everyone was, big mistake. I did not have the social skills or confidence to be in a relationship. I dated a boy for a year and by the time that relationship ended, I'd had an abortion and was a complete mess. That would leave me in a state of depression for years to come. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end leads to death. Proverbs 14, 12. At 16, I started dating a boy that later I would marry and become my children's dad. My mom didn't like him at first, but soon he won her over by always being respectful and helping with any work she needed done. We were raised the same. Back then, you might have done things your parents didn't know about, but you were always respectful to them. If my parents didn't approve, it didn't matter how much I cared for him, I couldn't date him. He proposed on my 18th birthday, the night of my high school prom. After graduation, we moved in together. We weren't living right and ended up breaking up for a while. It was during this time I had gotten pregnant and chose to have another abortion. For you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body in your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Psalm 139, 13 through 16. At the thought of having another abortion, I took an overdose of pills, which did nothing but give me the worst headache I've ever had. I still had no idea who I was or what my purpose was in this life. I was making very poor choices. We eventually got back together and married after my 20th birthday. Three months before our wedding, I got pregnant with our daughter. We were overjoyed. The emptiness I felt went away. We were happy. 
We got married, had our daughter, and purchased our first home in 1986. I was so happy, but I felt a responsibility for this beautiful baby girl. It wasn't about me anymore. This beautiful baby girl depended on me to have the answers. In 1988, I got pregnant with our beautiful son. It was during this time we'd met some Christian friends that invited us to church. It was September 1988 that I rededicated my life back to Christ. My world started changing. I was dedicated to learn God's word and have a great marriage and be the best mom I could be. I read every book and took every class I could on marriage relationships and parenting. The more I started to grow in the Lord, the more I was confronted with my sin. I had repented for my sins when I received Christ, but the guilt and shame of what I did haunted me. We supported Modesto Pregnancy Center, went on pro-life walks, yet I was terrified that my children would discover what I had done. This would be my struggle over the next 18 years. In June of 1991, my dad unexpectedly passed away and my world was shaken. I went through the motions, but it left a hole in my heart. In 1995, we were very involved at our church in different ministries. We were in the middle of being trained as lay counselors for couples. It was during this time we were having some marital problems. It was around 2000, and my mom was diagnosed with cancer. My mom moved in with us, and I had the privilege to quit my job when she could no longer care for herself. My mom was my rock. Despite our differences, my mom was always there when I needed her. She was the glue that kept our family together. She fought for two years and went to be with the Lord. It was during this time that our daughter had become rebellious to the point that I would pray that God would keep her alive long enough for her to come to her senses. Then my husband's grandma, who we were close with, passed away. We were in crisis mode. In 2004, our nephew, that was 13, moved in with us. This was our second nephew we had taken in when their parents could no longer care for them. Our lives had become unmanageable. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Romans 7, 18. I was fear-driven in my actions. Instead of surrendering to my God, I was trying to control things. We were going through the motions, but not connecting. It was during this time a friend invited me to CR. My first response had been, I don't have any of those problems. But I went, and I soon realized what a mess I was. I was a people-pleasing, control-free caregiver. By 2006, our home was in utter chaos and I had a nervous breakdown. It was not long after that I realized I could no longer live like this. We had separated and I was in deep despair. At this time, I was in a step study. It was my lifeline. I didn't have a sponsor, but it kept me moving forward. And when I went, I didn't feel alone because everyone was real and transparent. They were survivors. I remember calling out to God that I wasn't going to make it if he didn't help me. I heard God speak to me. 
not an audible voice, but I heard him. He said, if it would have only been me, he would have died on that cross for me. You see, I always thought that I was a second thought to God. If something good happened to us, I thought it was because of my husband. I was good about telling others about God's grace, but I hadn't received it for myself. I never knew how much God loved me. He led me to Isaiah 55. Come all who are thirsty, come to the water. Verse 7b, let him turn to the Lord and I will have mercy on him and to our God for he will freely pardon. It was then that I felt God's overwhelming love for me. Not because of anyone else or what I did or didn't do. He loved me and desired me to know him. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 38 through 39. I started to feel secure in God's love for me. It didn't make all my problems go away. In fact, they had just begun. I went through a bad divorce. Not that there's a good one. My husband had an affair and decided he didn't want to be married to me anymore. I had lost my home, my car, my credit. I'd lived with a cousin and my aunt on my ex-husband's side for a while. They were a blessing and I'll always be grateful to them. I lived in my salon for about a year until I lost it. At this time, I was working 12 to 15 hour days. I had some health challenges and I needed insurance. So besides working as a hairstylist, I drove a school bus. I went through two, I went through two divorce care classes and two step studies back to back. This really helped me as I processed everything. It wasn't until my third step study that I got a sponsor and went through my inventory. I had a sponsor before, but I'd never reached out to her. I am so grateful for my sponsor. She's helped me grow and move forward and has become a great friend. So grateful to you, Sue. I went through healing from the trauma of an abortion through Modesto Pregnancy Center. When I confessed what I did to my kids, they were quick to forgive. My son grabbed my hand and said, don't you know, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. God knows what we need when we need it. He is so good. I made some incredible friendships through all of this. It took a while for me to get back on my feet. I wish I could say that I didn't make any mistakes, but that wouldn't be true. I made a lot, but I can say God loved me through it all and never gave up on me. And he gave me the strength to get through it. My life verses, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua 1.9, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13, I can't even tell you how many times I said those scriptures in a day. In 2011, I married a wonderful man who loves the Lord. 
I'm so thankful to have you in my life, Tony. Our family is so blessed to have you. I love you, and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for letting me be me. I still continue to work my program, and it will be a lifelong journey. Step four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. Lamentations 340. Before CR, I was the parent that was always trying to catch my kids before they made a mistake. We learned by failing. I would manipulate situations out of fear. I had no healthy boundaries. The blessing of working my program. I am learning to have healthy boundaries. I can work on myself through the power of prayer and God's word and CR tools. And keeping myself surrendered to my God is a full-time job. I respect that my adult children are responsible for their own choices and lives. My power is to pray for them and surrender them to God. I encourage where I can. Through the tools of CR, it has taken me over 15 years, but I've put up healthy boundaries for my well-being and the well-being of people I do life with. There are times my adult children actually like to be around me and invite me to do fun things with them. <laughs> I try to be available to them for advice when they ask and not to intervene when they don't. It's a work in progress. <laughs> I love and encourage them and I pray. I'm a better grandmother. I have released control and surrendered them to my Lord and Savior for their safety and their parents' decisions. Step six. We were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. James 4.10, I am a better wife. I try not to expect my husband to meet the needs I have that only God alone is to fulfill. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Matthew 6.33, I have been fear-driven my entire life. I have surrendered to my Lord and I choose faith. I can be the best version of myself through working the steps at CR. I have received God's forgiveness. My depression has lifted by God's grace. I will never forget that I chose to abort two of my children. But when the devil reminds me of my past, I quickly surrender it to my Lord and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ Jesus. We demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 10.5. I choose to tell others about God's amazing grace. The definition of grace, the free and merited favor of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. John three sixteen and 17. 
to the first timer. No matter what you have been, no matter what you have done or been through, God loves you and he sees you. God has a plan to use it for his purpose and his glory. Step 11, we sat through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, Colossians 3.16. It doesn't matter how we started. It matters how we finish. I know who I am in Christ. He is my Lord and Savior, and he completes me. Thank you, Lord. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet taking hold. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Thank you for letting me share.